0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our salvation. Amen. At first glance, this is not your sweet, gentle, lamb-holding Jesus, right? When pressed to explain the parable, Jesus ends his explanation with these words, The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will be thrown into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. I mean, I'm not not scared. Right. Uh, even though all throughout the Bible the angels show up and tell people not to be afraid, I feel like Jesus is trying to put the fear of God into some of us at this, with this parable. And in this uh, climate change-induced heat wave, the choices we make do matter, folks, It feels like we all might be getting a little too close to the furnace. But then I remember that Jesus said these things to save us, liberate us, give us courage, make us think, and yes, to put some pressure on us to move toward the good when we might be um, tempted not to. Now parables, you you all know this, are meant to get us out of our comfort zones and into the deeper territory of divine truth. And this parable, in particular, as many do, begin with the words, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to. Right, So everything that happens after those words, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to, is talking about the kingdom of heaven and its metaphor and its allegory and it's trying to get our attention and it's trying to make us think about our faith and how to follow Jesus authentically and honestly and truthfully and courageously. So everything after those words is describing the kingdom of heaven, but it's not word for word. Like our good friend and colleague, the Reverend Brad Sullivan next door, a lot of the Lord of the Streets said in his interview on Hurt Houston Matters, um, he has been working uh, for a long time against the theology that everyone who's uh, not a Christian goes to hell. So, but you can see where people get that from, right? I mean, if they're just reading the parable. But everything after the kingdom of heaven may be compared to. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven in this parable. What happens in the field reveals something of the character of the reign of God and the saving presence of God at work within the world. This parable reminds us that in the kingdom of heaven, We are intertwined, good and bad, how we intended to be and how we, you know, make choices to be. We are intertwined each with the other, uprooted from our base instincts and yet alive with God. So those are the three quick themes I want to dig into um, as part of this uh, reflection sermon on this parable. Intertwined, uprooted, and alive, right? As as descriptors of what's happening in the kingdom of God, the character of the reign of God. So intertwined. I couldn't help but give this example, y'all. This weekend... Is both the feast day of Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles, the first woman to preach the the best and shortest sermon on the Easter on Easter on the resurrection. I have seen the Lord. Her uh, beloved uh, colleagues, uh, disciples, and brothers and faith did not quite believe her. So they had to go run and check on it themselves. But she has gone down in history as a strong, wonderful, faithful woman. And yet at the same time, a lot of mistruths have risen up about her because, you know, that's what happens around strong, wonderful, uh, (laughs) courageous uh, people uh, and and particularly women in the church history, and so we celebrate her. She's often depicted in, in dark a dark red robe, and there's a myth about her um, having an Easter egg turned red, and it's 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 very beautiful. But there's also the untruths about you know, with no basis in fact about her having uh, demons that were cast out that were of sexual nature and there's just, you know, no truth in that. The next thing that happened this weekend to get a, uh, you know, a side-by-side how everything is intertwined of you is the opening of the Barbie movie, right? So here we have Mary Magdalene's feast day in deep, dark, rich red. And over here we have Barbie in, you know, bright pink. And I know that I'm just so confused about all of this because for some people it's pure fun and escapism and I get it. And then there's all these serious articles about the Barbie movie. And then I also know Um, And full, you know, disclosure, I had the Barbie dream house and the townhouse with the elevator. I mean, I had me some Barbies. But, you know, there is some serious uh, criticism around uh, body image for young girls in our society. And as a young girl, you know, I, I had all the Barbie stuff, but I also had... The low self-esteem that went with body image of never being able to be that um, uh, model that's you know put on whatever magazine you want to name, and so our world it's intertwined. There's 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 Mary Magdalene, right, who's uh, sort of lied about, and then there's 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 you know. Uh, Barbie who's, you know, discussed and, and, and has uh, also um, characteristics of good childhood memories, but also in a society where girls are often asked to reach unreachable um, stereotypes in their lives. And so we have this spectrum both over this weekend in our world, a spectrum of color, a spectrum of faith, a spectrum of complication intertwined, right? And it happens in this world in which this year, in the same year, the uber-successful Southern Baptist pastor, Rick Warren, who wrote A Purpose Driven Life, is kicked out of his uh, denomination because of the terrible sin of hiring a woman as an associate pastor. I mean, what year is this? And then, at the same time, this week, I got an announcement that the first black woman who was uh, ordained an Episcopal priest is going to have her image uh, on the the quarter coin, you know, uh, imprinted. She's gonna be honored. George Washington on one side and Polly Murray on the other. It's just wonderful and insane, you know, and entwined. We are entwined, the wheat and the weed, and we have to be aware of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, uh, dealing with each side of that character, both personal and societal. And we have to uh, make choices around our discipleship in a world that is so contradictory. A little, um, a little, again um, uh, dualistic. And I was thinking about uprooted and what it means to be uprooted. You know, at the harvest, and I I connected it very much so to the intertwining of. Uh, different realities and different perspectives, and I, you'll, some of you know that the Women's World Cup is happening um, now. And I read an article by one of the uh, players on the US team, and she wrote that her dream had come true, and it wasn't even her dream, it was a dream of her friend that just kept pushing her and encouraging her when she came up to obstacles that yes, one day she would play in the Women's World Cup. And Naomi didn't believe it, but her friend Katie would always encourage her. And in the same year in which she, in fact, did achieve that dream that her friend helped her dream, her friend died by suicide. So in the... Living of her dream, she had to do that after losing her friend. And she writes this beautiful article about it about how um, they're launching a mental health initiative um, through the Women's uh, Soccer uh, Federation. And that if they reach, you know, the point is if they reach one young person, just one they will have done something. And taking away the stigma of you're a loser if you don't feel strong even when you're a world-class athlete, that it's giving up to ask for help. The last word in terms of thinking of the kingdom of heaven I thought of um, as being alive and this may or may not be true or what Jesus intended but I feel like at the end when it's the harvest time um, the somehow we will be made whole and good and um, we will um, the the furnace will take the parts of us that Um, do damage to ourselves and to this world and the rest of us, the parts of us that um, know God and are able to receive God's love and mercy and to stand up for each other will shine like the sun. And I was reminded of this uh, at an acquaintance that I have met in the last year and a half. His name is Dr. Rex Marco and he's a spine uh, surgeon who had a biking accident in Memorial Park and um, this was in 2019 I just just met him last year and every day on the date of that accident he has an alive day and he invites his friends and, and family and acquaintances to come and celebrate just being alive this spine surgeon is uh, now, and has been, since his accident, uh, um, un- paralyzed from the neck down. And yet he still practices. His mind is perfect. His attitude is profound. The Um, recovery work that he did in Al-Anon before his surgery allowed him to use those tools to get up and every day say, I am grateful for, even if it's just breath today. I could go on and on. But as I struggled with this not-so-sweet Jesus who is trying to put a little of the fear of God in us to do the right thing for ourselves, for each other, for the world, I, I, I got um, held by those phrases. The kingdom of heaven is all of us intertwined. It, it uproots us at the end from what is bad for us and it draws us into being fully alive today. The apostle Paul wrote, "For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of children of the children of God. The creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay, and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly until while we wait. Some people interpret this waiting as like being on tiptoe. We're waiting for the good things. We're waiting for the end. We're waiting for everything to be changed. But we're not just waiting, twiddling our fingers. We're waiting actively to nourish ourselves and the world with the hope that is God. We wait actively like Polly Murray, whose poem is quoted on the the U.S. coin. It says, we sing with having a song in a weary throat. And so, as the um, message I got yesterday from a friend of mine with the icon of Mary Magdalene said, trust each other and trust women to proclaim the gospel. Trust each other and trust women when they say they see God Trust each other and trust women to make decisions about this world rooted in God's love. Amen.